Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates, Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you are joined by your usual hosts this week, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? Doing not bad. We're halfway through the week as of recording. But... We, you were a bit like this last week though as well. Yeah. Right. Just not quite enthused for... Uh, sort of ambivalent, I guess. Right. Okay. What what we're not ambivalent about is our two guests this week. Yay. Do you like that? Do you like that smooth segue? Yeah, I think <laughs> you, do good. You, you kind of save face a bit there because I I could feel the hurt down the microphone emanating <laughs> from our guests, but I, I, yeah, you pulled you pulled it back there. We should probably introduce them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have Andy and Andy, uh, two two of the organisers of the upcoming G three uh, uh, convention in Glasgow. Yeah. Well, uh, no, the, the, the club is G3, and it's the Glasgow Games Gathering. See yeah. what they did there? <laughs> I see what they did there. Yeah. Are, are we shorthanding the gathering to uh, the Glasgow Games Gathering to G3 Con? Or, or... <laughs> I think we did, we kind of I think it's one of the reasons we went with it, but it might just be confusing. That's fair. That's fair. But um, we're, we're going to have a chat about uh, what what we can expect at uh, the Glasgow Games Gathering, uh, and uh, just a, a general chat probably about uh, miniatures war games as well. Uh, as all four of us uh, definitely dabbled with that to some degree. Plastic crack addicts for sure. Plastic crack, indeed. Uh, however, uh, as as we normally do, shall we? Uh, what what's been happening in the world of tabletop? Right, so we've got a bit of news. Um, I think first thing to cover off is Mythic Games, who uh, have developed and published uh, Solomon Kane. I I, th- I think they did Joan of Arc as well. Do you they know did that? do Joan of Arc, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so it's the, the miniatures are their thing. Uh-huh. Um, they have just announced that they are doing uh, a game called Super Fantasy Brawl. Okay, what what does uh, what does that entail then? So, at the moment, we've only really been shown uh, concept art of some of the characters, but it looks as though it's a sort of League of Legends type experience on the tabletop where okay. you've got a you you've got your fighter, your brawler, um, they've got all these powers, and you've got cards that represent them. Um, details are a bit scant at the moment. Oh no, we do have a couple miniatures. We've got uh, Dugrin and Tzu Zhao, who's like an anthropomorphic tiger dude. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have the we'll have the link in the the description for you to go and have a look at. But um, art style, it's pretty much the 
what seems to be the, the standard for a lot of fantasy at the moment, that sort of heroic scale, World of Warcraft sure. esque aesthetic. Sure. But I, I guess my reaction to this is there seems to be a lot of these types of games going out. The sort of arena combat yeah. game, basically. Um the the sort of MOBA slash hero shooter brought to the the tabletop. Yeah, um, yeah. Arena combat is probably we're, a good phrase. We were actually having a chat about this before we hit the record button, right? I, and I was, I, I was asking, do we count Kill Team as part of this? And obviously, with their new release, definitely falls within this. Uh, but Kill, I, Kill I think Team that's Arena, yeah. probably been the tabletop evolution of this genre from like games like that. Uh, but obviously, it's been informed by video games, as you point out, yeah. as well. We've mentioned a couple of times how, um, because video games is now a mature medium, whereas tabletop still has a ways to go, where there was once a time where tabletop was informing video game development, it, it's sort of been turned on its head now. Aye, and, uh, and you're seeing a lot of uh, ideas and concepts uh, that have begun in video games now making their way over here, and I think I think with a lot of video games now, uh, as you say, they are informing tabletop games um, from a, a a standpoint of tabletop games are looking at video games and saying, okay, how do we how do we get these kids away from the screen and giving us money instead? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. You know, there is that. that. It's an untapped market, basically. Um, uh-huh. We, you know, th- this is the this is the experience those people want. How do we give that to them uh, in a more analog way? Yeah. Have you guys noticed, uh, particularly, has there been an interest in these types of games at the club? Certainly, Night Vault has been. Has, yeah. There's been night, uh, a lot of Night Vault play at the club. It's yeah. not every week. The, the uh, people that I see playing it, I think they sort of went from War Machine through Malifaux through Guild Ball to. Um, Underworlds. Yeah. Okay. I don't know whether they'll move on to things like this, but that seems to be the... Uh So it's a specific type of player that maybe wants a a lower model count, a more streamlined experience? I I think you're right. It's a specific type of player who is looking at it from... um, Whether they're looking at it from a less of a narrative experience and more a competitive experience. Yeah. Um, They want to go to a lot of tournaments... um, um and 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 that is the that's the driving side of of the hobby um, that's the bread and butter yeah. yeah yeah and and it's kind of in the just by the nature of what these games are like they're they're just a lot more streamlined for organized play as well the fact that it's lower model counts means you can have more rounds in a day yeah uh to to conduct a tournament, I mean, anyone who's been to a Warhammer Fantasy or 40k tournament will know it's actually quite a mentally draining experience yeah, by the yeah. end of the day as well. And you'll only get like three, four, yeah, four games yeah. in in a day. So, I, it's, you can almost see the division with the the two schools of player with these sorts of games. Yeah. And to harken back to the, a, a video game analogy, it's almost like you've got your PVE players and your PvP players. Yeah, yeah. The, Aye. the guys who want a more immersive, sort of story driven experience, who maybe want to take a bit more time with uh, exploring 
a game mm-hmm. world and, mm-hmm. and, and developing a narrative, and then the guys that just want to cram as much uh, competition in as they can. Yeah. The guys that, that on video games would uh, just queue up in matchmaking and just yep. play game after yeah. game, just trying to streamline the, their their skills and their their builds. Yeah, I mean, I think as well, you you look at the the rule sets that come with these uh, with these games, and you know, say for you know War Machine and uh, and Nightbot and things like these. Um, and you know, I played Bushido as well, and uh, you know, in these games, the the rule sets are uh, quite tight in that they are they're very structured. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. it's rather than you know rather than just say okay melee right roll some dice how many hits have you got right you know there you go it's kind of like right now you you know first of all you determine your dice pool then you then you decide then your opponent decides if you're going to use any special actions and it's all kind of there's a there's a definite structure as to how to do things and it's a lot more structured than say 40k or uh, or age of sigma or something like these which are i think a lot more free form yeah, yeah. A lot of things exist in games like 40k and Age of Sigmar just because it makes sense in terms of narrative. But like you're saying, when you're designing a competitive game, your first consideration is balance. And if that aligns well with the, the, the theme in the world, then, you know, more that's power That's great. That's, that's like but a bonus. Yeah, like to, to go back to like Warhammer Fantasy, hmm. the your Empire troops were pants. Compared to all the other troops, just because they were the underdogs Aye. in that world, and that's how they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Empire was, as you say, your general troops or Skaven were were terrible, but you made up for it in wacky war machines. Um, yeah, yeah. Your things like your high elves were a lot better as general troops um, and all these kind of things. Uh-huh. It's it's back back to we're saying you know some people want a more you know, narrative-driven experience. Some people, some people want the. When 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 do we think we'll see the first tabletop iteration of like the hundred-person battle royale video game? You know, like PUBG and Fortnite. You know the the just to go on a weird tangent from that. You know the Wings of War game. You know the, the you know World War One biplanes. Yes. Game. They've run that at conventions with you know fifty or hundred people aside with a plane each. Just a big dogfight. Yeah, it's a huge dogfight, and you get shot down, and the next guy comes in with his plane, and then it just goes round and round. <laughs> so in, in a way, it's yeah, it's happening. Or it happens already. I fair enough. That well, was I not suppose aware it's a that. bit like the the massive games of Armageddon they used to do for forty k as well. Yeah, yeah. all sorts of nonsense going on there, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, um... it's possible. It's whether people have the inclination to <laughs> engineer that. Because logistically, that just sounds. I, I'm I'm having palpitations just trying to think of how <laughs> how on earth do you org like herd that many cats? Yeah, like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's where where you know if you're doing it for 40k, where would you where would you even find that many dice for the orc shooting phase? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, just basically fill a fill a little bucket with d6 and just pour yeah. it out. Just back in the fort left end. <laughs> yeah, 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 just get one of those big dump trucks and. <laughs> that would be so satisfying. Um, uh, next news item is a little bit more disheartening. Okay. Um, games Factory, who are the Polish publisher of quite prolific games, actually. Um, they they've published uh, King Domino. Mm-hmm. They're actually a Polish publisher for Dominion. 
Yeah. Uh, Hero Realms, Star Realms. Uh, so some big titles. Yeah, uh, they've also done a couple of Kickstarters of their own. Uh, they have just announced that um, on the 11th of February 2019, they re- received notice from their president. They they had a, a case of what they are calling financial mismanagement. Right. Um, and the the company um, have announced that they're, they're they're basically shutting their doors for good, and that they are not going to be able to uh, fulfil any existing kickstarters they have. So naturally, a lot of people are quite disgruntled. But the strange thing is, apparently six months ago, um, there were some people that did a bit of investigating and knew then mm-hmm. that they had not paid for the production of these upcoming games they did not right. they'd not paid the the production crews in china okay six months ago so obviously these games were not being made mm-hmm. because they yeah so, so. It, it's it's just another one of these things where it's horrible but kickstarter is just ripe for um malfeasance i mean i like i I said it in jest one week, but I really think we should could just start making a weekly segment of who's been a dick on Kickstarter. Yeah. But uh, um, I would it, just encourage people: look, if you're thinking of backing a project, do your do your due d- uh, diligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a quick background check on any names you get. Find out a bit about the company. See what the track record is, and if it looks at all sketchy, it's not worth the risk. Yeah. Um, more often than not. These games will appear in buy, swap, and sell groups and, and in retailers yeah. eventually. So if you're having doubts at all, uh, give it a buy. Don't risk it. Yeah, don't risk it. Do you, uh, do either of you two guys have much experience with Kickstarter projects? Bad, um, good? Well, well, my. my, my, my man for that. Yeah, my, my top bad one was uh, I backed the, the, uh, the Robotech project done by Palladium. <sighs> Um, oh. yeah, yeah yeah pretty much that exactly it, uh, um it's a nice looking box on the it's, shelf, a, it's a nice looking that. box on the shelf and uh, <laughs> yeah. the the model design is i believe the the correct technical term for it is a disaster zone um when you're making oh when you're having to make hundreds of uh veritech fighters out of you know 15 bits each and things like these um, that that was a particularly yeah. horrifying debacle. I think, was, yeah. that, was that not the one where one of the the creators uh, went suicidal? That was that was the one where basically I think he licensed the rifts things to someone else to make a board game. Mm-hmm. The the guy who was going to make the board game basically came onto the Robotech Kickstarter and said. Uh, it, it it basically boiled down to something like you know it's it's in my power to you know help the robotic kick, Kickstarter finally see its its finished fulfillment because we'd received wave one by this point which was the kind of box game and but there were still lots outstanding um, uh, but basically so he said you know it's in my it's in my power I can I can do this but but I don't want anybody coming in and and basically um, kind of crashing my party. Um, uh, and everybody just kind of, uh, unfortunately, as the internet does, kind of tore into him, uh, oh, saying, you know, you're basically coming on and holding us hostage here. Uh, 
saying if you don't say bad, if you come in and say bad things about me, then I'll just let the then you just let the Robotech Kickstarter burn. Yeah. Um, and then obviously then so he, so what he wasn't completely blameless is the the point. No, no, I I don't think he was completely blame. You know, it, it, as I say, it was basically a you know it was a if you leave me alone, I'll help you out. But if you come in and say you know palladium's a terrible company whatever you know make my kickstarter look bad then basically you can you know they, they uh, then i'll just walk away and you know you'll get nothing type thing uh, or i won't right, help. i'm taking my ball and i'm going home uh, and that's when and that's when obviously a couple of days later the news broke from from kevin Simbienda, the the kind of head guy of palladium that this guy had, had, had tried to to kill himself and and again that was not another pretty episode because a lot of people took that as like you're just basically trying to shame the community about this uh okay. because you know obviously people said you know there's some there was some not very nice things said um yeah um but you know uh but he's basically coming on and blaming the community when in reality it was it was because people were so frustrated about this horribly mismanaged kickstarter um you yeah. know and then to sum it all up when it got to the end he basically came on and said you know basically it was announced of you know right this is this is never going to happen uh harmony gold are withdrawing the the robot harmony gold are losing the license so they're not renewing our license so we have to give up all the stock um we've only got wave one stock which they massively overproduced because they thought it would be the best thing since sliced bread um and we're hoping mm-hmm. to sell it all the cons and then uh, basically said, oh, you can buy more Wave 1 stock using your money from that you were owed from Wave 2. And, you know, you were kind of given pennies on the pound in terms of trade value. Yeah. So that's, I think in terms of bad Kickstarter stories, that's pretty much top of the pile. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm sorry you were, I'm well, sorry to hear that you were one of the ones who backed it. Yeah. Just, um, but uh, has it, has it put you off using Kickstarter as a platform? Um, me personally, no. I mean, I still back Kickstarters, like like you say. Though I just, you know, I do a bit more due diligence. I, I trust. You know, I look at companies that I I trust. Palladium Games. I've never had much of an interaction with before. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think as well. I, I just, you know, but I take the attitude of. If you can't afford to lose it and see nothing, then don't do it or don't back it to that level. Back it at a small level. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've not had any... I mean, the worst sort of bad one I've had was the uh, Mekton role-playing game rulebook, which dragged on for, what, seven years? Ah, it dragged on for a long time. But at least, at least we got a refund for that. Yeah. I mean, they uh, find... They oh, find right. Them. That's very rare, in yeah. fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was quite surprising. They actually finally held their hands up because they're they're in work to to develop the the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven game video game, mm-hmm. um, and they finally held their hands up and basically said, "Look, we don't have the time to work on this because of this, uh, so we're going to issue a refund to everybody." Um, and I think they also said, "If they do, if they do the finish it, we'll get it. You'll get well. it anyway. You know, we'll just give okay. it to you for free." Um, it's about as amicable a settlement as yeah. you yeah. can get in those I circumstances, mean, I, I suppose. It's the delays more than anything that puts me off Kickstarter. Yeah, because I've had a few things now where I was really into it. There was the the first um, Relic Knights Kickstarter, 
Mm-hmm. I went in for a turn on that, and it's all still in the box because when it arrived a year and a half later, it was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember spending money on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thrill's gone by that point, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, although I think, yeah. I think it's just where we didn't back the second Real Next Kickstarter because that's another one that's gone a bit oh, horribly yeah. wrong. Yes. Uh, one of the guys at our club is, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been banging on with the, the demos at shows for the last couple of years. All for yeah. nothing. It seems. Well, I well, this is it. This is it. So, I mean, he was saying to me last week. I think basically, all but about two of them of the company have have left, and the two that are left aren't drawing a salary and all these kind of things. So. The numbers I saw somewhere in a forum was something like you've got a quarter of a million dollars of debt and fifty grand to cover it all. Yeah, it's so. it's not pretty. It's just. I was going to say, just to say, as someone who works in finance as well, just hearing things like that just, you know, just puts the fear in me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, last news item before we dive into uh, Glasgow Games Gathering chat is um, last weekend, February 23rd, 24th, uh, Magic the Gathering um, launched the, the first of their new uh, high-tier competitive event yes uh the pro tour is no longer called the pro tour it is now the mythic championship uh qualification is different okay um it's um you can qualify by a number of means uh including through magic arena by placing highly enough in either so they're, they're fully integrating the online they are really component. pushing the esports element of yeah. uh Magic Arena, they've figured out that that's where a lot of the money is now. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there's there's been a number of different gripes about um, Magic's organised play of late. However, uh, the, the there is a bit of good news. We've we've got our first Mythic champion named. Yep, and uh, it's the first time that a professional tour or, or you know professional level competition. In Magic the Gathering, has been won by a transgender person. Yep. So, so congratulations, Autumn Birchett. Yep. Um, they piloted uh, Mono Blue Aggro, I believe, yep. if I remember from uh, reading word, the word article. salad to me. But yeah, well, well, well done, all the same. <laughs> all of those words yes. individually make sense. It's when you string them into that sentence that you lose me. <laughs> Mono Blue Aggro. No one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so congratulations, Autumn. Um, Championship, that's got some serious money behind it, isn't it? It's not like winning a 40k tournament and going home with a box set. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what the cash prize is for uh, the Mythic Championship at the moment. I know I know the World Championship was... Well, which if, was you, if you're saying they've got their eyes on esports... They're, plow- they're starting to, to plow money, money into. Yeah, yeah but we're not. We're not South Korea. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we're, we're not talking like League of Legends levels. Yeah. Uh, this is firmly five digits. Yeah. So, just, but just, it's still just five to, digits. Just to shit all over uh, Autumn Burchett's achievement. <laughs> not League of Legends, you know. <laughs> Autumn, <laughs> if, <laughs> Autumn, if by chance you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> You've done a good thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, you, you, and you are quite quite right. It is an actual cash prize, so it's it's a, a step up. Yeah, you're still you're still getting played to pay games, so it's nothing to be sniffed at. You know, yeah, I, I, exactly. You know, I I wouldn't mind winning five <laughs> digits worth of money at 
just to move toy soldiers about the board or something. What? It's... This isn't millions of pounds like League of Legends? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> what I'm... kind of sham is this? Through you guys, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody can point me towards the, you know, the, the miniatures game circuit where I can get paid thousands to be mediocre, that would be... I think that's the one I'd need. Yeah. Well, there might yeah, be that. I, I, it's the one we'd all need. Yeah. <laughs> but not the tournament we deserve. <laughs> so, not, nothing Nothing says greatness like a participation prize. So. Yay! Yeah. That was me at UK Games at uh, Festival <laughs> at the yeah. Underworlds. Yeah. The best prize I ever got at a tournament was best in faction at a War Machine tournament because I was the only person playing that faction. Nice. Nice. Half a success is showing up. So yeah, exactly. You earned that. <laughs> you earned it. Uh, should Should we talk about Glasgow Games Gathering? Though? We should probably yeah. we should probably cover it, given that we've got uh, two of the organisers on the show. So yes, guys. Uh, so we've mentioned the the gathering in previous episodes. But uh, for those of our listeners who haven't uh, caught that, uh, give us an overview of what uh, of what people can expect. There's not been a I've not really been a war game show on in Glasgow since about 2013, and after a lot of shoegazing and waiting for someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, we kind of figured that it was it was either ourselves or or nothing. Um, I think what what they can expect is, like Andy says, primarily it's a it's a it's a war game show. You know, we're aiming to get a lot of. Uh, uh, traders of various genres of miniatures, uh, historical mm-hmm. fantasy, uh, a lot of demo games, all these kind of things. But we're also looking to, um, you know, incorporate other types of gaming because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's something we all enjoy. So we've got uh, we've got some board game companies coming. Uh, we've got some uh, we've got some demo games that will uh, will will fill those as well. Um, uh, the the big news just recently is that um, uh, we've got Asmodee coming to do demo tables there as well. So, oh, woo! fantastic! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can we reveal what Asmodee will be likely demoing? Unfortunately, because ah. uh, we uh, we ourselves are still in kind of communication with them on that matter. Um, but hopefully it'll be some good stuff, especially as it's just after. Obviously, our show is just after Games Expo, so yeah. Um, um, there's one of the one of the Glasgow or Glasgow based demo guys is part of our club, so I think that you know that helps. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the door. The man on the inside. Yeah. Well, he he did help. He kind of uh, he put in a good word for us and, and and put us in touch with the right people to speak to. To start with, um, so uh, so yeah, it, it was it was great for for that as well. Um, I think I mean I think to be honest, we'll be happy for them to put on whatever games they fancy bringing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you yeah. know, yeah. I, I think for a you know for a first for a first year, I think managing to get Asmundi to come and do uh, some tables is is great. Um, uh, Absolutely, yeah. It's one of the, the things we've mentioned a couple of times to the the tabletop Scotland guys. That when when you get a big name like that, not not that you were illegitimate before, but it definitely it, people it le- start to notice. Yeah, it, it lends you an air of legitimacy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, certainly, I think it, it 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 you are right. It it takes you out of that kind of like oh, it's just a small wee local show. Um, uh, and as you say, it gives you a bit of gives you a bit of legitimacy, a bit of weight type thing. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and and certainly you know we you know there are uh, some other kind of big guys there we've as i say we've got asmodee coming on the board game front um we've got a uh, as i say we've got a few board games companies like uh, a lot of kind of local ones like uh, one free elephant and um dream big games all these kind of things uh well one of the big folk we've got coming is we've got warlord games coming um uh, which is quite good for us uh, warlord do uh, quite a lot of the historical stuff miniatures yeah. don't they yeah yeah i mean they do a lot of kind of historical world war Two, but they're also branching out into fantasy as well uh, and sci-fi with the kind of yeah so i was i was yeah. just thinking i was sure they did a tv license i it's yeah, the doctor go. who miniatures yeah. game there we are so and then you know and then we've got some stores so we're hoping that people will be able to come and buy you know board games miniatures all these kind of things um mm-hmm. uh, and and play some and you know we've got a lot of demo games as well i think we're near about 24 25 games yeah. um, most of which are a participation game um, the majority of them are participation games that people will be able to to take part in on the day oh awesome what games can people try out then maybe for the first time on the day well we've got a well as i say we've got a lot of, we've got some traders coming uh so things like um well dream big games they've got their wreck and ruin Reckon which has obviously just come out of, of course I was just going to say Dream Big, uh, which is Mark McKinnon yeah. of Wreck and Ruin fame. Yeah. I was hoping Ben would say that uh, in synchrony with me, but no. <laughs> no. It's left you to it. Yeah, there we go. Just three under I'll, the bus. I'll, I'll do my bit by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, Wreck and Ruin's a, a great fun. Uh, that's getting shipped. Yes, yes. I, I literally yeah. saw that today on Twitter. That's yeah, it's right, getting shipped. Um uh, That's someone who hasn't been a dick on yeah, Kickstarter. Exactly. Kickstarter does it the exact idea of a, a guy has an idea and wants to make it happen. Um, and it's succeeded instead of just running away to a life of, I don't know. Yeah, just running away, just with, running the money. away with all your money. <laughs> do, you think, so, do you think Monaco is full of all these people that have the like Kickstarter, yeah, Kickstarter? Yeah, the Kickstarter elite. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I mean, that might be where some of them go to try and, you know, save their Kickstarter. <laughs> all right, all on black, all on black. All on black, yeah, or possibly, you know, maybe, depending on the size of it, maybe Skegness. <laughs> Are you planning on running any tournaments by any chance? We, I don't think we'll have the time. Um, yeah. I mean, unlike, say, you know, unlike the Tabletop Scotland, you know, it's what 10 hours it's what kind of like noon till 10 that sort of time frame until four so. yeah we've got 10 till four so uh um, it's, it's on our list of things to do in the future certainly yeah yeah i mean there's a few things yeah. that we will freely admit there's a few things we can't do this year that we'd like to grow into um like andy said oh, of course tournaments yeah. um uh open play space we'd love to have open play space for things like board gamers and stuff because uh, we mm-hmm. have to, you know we know through you know i've been to expo i've been to tabletop scotland you know it's a it's a it's very much a big thing compared to war game shows as you have open play space but again unfortunately just this year we don't have the room for it um and the, and the time really you know again a lot of these things are open quite late um i think a lot of it's been a kind of learning thing as to what goes on i mean certainly 
Andy's been down at Games Expo a couple of years previously. I've really come into it from the kind of you know the the, the sort of wargaming shows like uh, Carnade and Falkirk or Claymore in yeah mm. in Edinburgh, and they're just you know sort of old school wargaming. It's you know an afternoon. You go there and spend your money and maybe get a quick demo game of something. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of finding out as we go along all the other stuff that happens at you know the more board gaming kind of events. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the stuff that's kind of going. Oh, we could do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is it. The like Andy says, the 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 kind of wargaming and board gaming events are actually they're very different things. They're very different animals. It's like wargaming show. You just turn up. There's a bunch of traders there, and there's some cubs putting on demo games, and you just you know you turn up and spend money, and, and that's it. Whereas I think board gaming shows are very different. You turn up and you know you, you you buy a board game but you know you've got games libraries and play space and all these kind of things um, i think that's the, the the challenge with uh miniatures war gaming just by its nature of of you know how big yeah. the games are it is like logistically very difficult to to do any sort of organized play just on the day yes i was going to say it's gone back to the the, the kind of the use item all these kind of you know, sort of arena battle games are kind of more suited to this sort of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. If we had if we did have like some open play space you could rock up with a copy of Underworlds or you know, whatever else. Yes. And thrash that out for a for a half an hour or you'd have time for a you know, three or four rounds of a tournament in the time we've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's I mean that that being that all being said I feel like there's a lot of stuff that they used to do at the the games days that the games workshop used to host, and since that's disappeared and it's been repurposed into Warhammer Fest, I feel like that there's a gap in the market for these sorts of events where you can rock up with an army and take part in a ridiculous massive battle that that scales a an apocalypse call. game that yeah. like spans twenty tables, yeah, and yeah. you've just got someone in the middle with a microphone just almost i i imagine being that guy and i've seen i've seen that happen like i've seen on, online like some games that 40k games that are so big that they have to have some like master of ceremonies actually conducting when people do their dice rolls i imagine that person is a lot like the the fella in a rowing boat just going stroke stroke <laughs> stroke so it's, it's like roll dice yeah <laughs> Measure distance. Yeah. Well, declare clear. charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's this phase. Everybody do something. Yeah, I remember that. From the, <laughs> I went to a couple of games days in the nineties. No, yeah, there was a fair amount of that. Yeah. <laughs> too many people. So too, what, too many uh, kids shouting wah. <laughs> we've we've witnessed that. Yeah, it I, was I, a grown man. Waring. Yeah. What just? Wad, wad in the middle of Warhammer World. Yeah, yeah. and people applauded him. You- I, was, <laughs> I was like, why? Don't applaud that. Don't encourage that. <laughs> of course, you would say that being a dwarf player. Were you, yeah, Andy, were you at the Warhammer Fest with me when the, the whole room shouted wag and the armed police officer almost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Warhammer Fest, I think that was 2017, where, yeah. The entire room broke into a kind of wah, and in the essence of if you remember the old Tiger Woods, I am Tiger Woods advert, just kind of carried around the room, and uh, the, yeah. the the armed police officer kind of looked up in a quick moment. You're like, oh no, this could go south very quickly. <laughs> was like, get on the ground! Get on the ground! Was he? <laughs> sorry, was he armed police? Or was he an agent from the Imperium? <laughs> just, just commissar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. 
There we go. Uh, so, I mean, uh, aside from Glasgow Games uh, gathering, what 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 games have you guys been playing lately? Then, obviously, uh, you're into the miniatures war games. Anything been uh, taking your fancy of late? Um, I've been trying to run trying to run Necromunda campaign at the club, so I've been playing Ooh. a lot of that recently, and the Blackstone Fortress board game with Andy and a couple of the other guys. Here's a question for you then, Andy. Do you feel like Necromunda is losing a lot of traction since Kill Team's come on the scene? Um, I think, to be honest, it was the other way around. It was, it was an odd one. We all started playing Necromunda when the box game came out last year. Aye. And then we played that for a bit, and then Kill Team went out, and we all kind of went, ooh, shiny you thing. And then the new Necromunda rules came out again, and they finished releasing the gangs, and we've all just run back straight back to Necromunda again. Fair enough. Um, okay. <laughs> I think, it, I mean, the only similarity is they're in the 40k setting and you only use a dozen figures. You know, they both yeah. play really differently. And I'm quite happy. Well, your, your Necromunda gangs, are, compared to the power level of some of those kill teams, like, I, I'd hate to pit, like, an Orlock gang against, like, a kitted out, like, Death Guard squad. <laughs> <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't stand a chance. <laughs> like, um, it's it, no, it's interesting though because we, I haven't, I haven't been so involved in uh, miniatures gaming for a little while. The last one that really hooked me was Underworlds, and then I've, yeah. I've been uh, cool on it for a little bit. But I, I've recently got the itch for Kill Team, and I've, I've been, I, I built up my Secret Santa uh, present from Ben, uh, which was a Death Guard squad. And now I, I seem to have somehow come into possession of some MDF terrain. I don't know how that happened. It fell in your electronic basket. Yes, and I hit click. Yeah. And uh, uh, so now now I've got like a terrain project on the go and oh. I've got some painting to do for miniatures as well. And like the, it's just starting, to get, starting to get a bit of a buzz for it again. Yeah, so that's just the glue fumes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, Happy memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about yourself, Andy? What What have you been uh, busy with? Um, well, I've, uh, gaming wise, actually, I've I've been going the other way. I've actually been playing more board games of late. Um, recently, we've uh, well, obviously, I've been playing Blackstone Fortress with with Andy. Um, mm-hmm. Me and some of the other guys at the club, uh, we've just finished up a big um, second edition Descent campaign. Uh, you know, the kind of oh, dungeon nice. crawler from Fancy Flight. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really good, and uh, we're also trying. We just played um, uh, Heroes of Terranoth, which is the kind of reskinned. If you remember, Fantasy Flight did a Warhammer Quest card game. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they they, they rushed this out. Their Terranoth setting. Um, yeah. uh, and I, I never played the, the the Warhammer Quest version, but the other two guys I was playing with did, and I asked them, you know, is it similar? And they said, you know, it's exactly the same. You know. So exactly. Just a reskin. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's literally just been reskinned into Terranoth. Um, yeah. Well, that's good then, because it's quite hard to come by that uh, Warhammer Quest card game. Yeah, now. yeah. Although uh, the real hot one, uh, and I don't know if you've ever played it, the, the Blood Bowl Team Manager. Blood Bowl Team Manager that was very good. A fine game. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Costs a fortune now. Well, <laughs> particularly one of the expansions goes for like crazy wow. money. Yeah. As well, but uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it is a bit of a shame that Fantasy Flight no longer have that license. But I, I, 
like in hindsight, because that was a couple of years now that yeah, lost, but right? it was inevitable because they're now a direct competitor. Yeah, I, I suspect when games. Fantasy Flight started moving into miniatures, especially with X Wing. X Wing, um, yeah, X Wing and Armada and, were quite big. GW started ramping up the board games. I think they very much became more direct competitors rather than gunning for different markets. You know. It was just when you when you mentioned the V skin. Sorry for another odd tangent. You, the, I saw a thing today of a, a V skin of Talisman, because you know now it's um, is it Gale Force now. It's not no. Yeah, I can't remember. It's not. It's Wizkids now that are doing. Yeah. They're doing GW board games. You know they're doing Fury Dracula. Okay. Talisman, and they're doing a V skin for what's what's the it's, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I saw this news about. That's right. Yeah. Live, yeah. So it's quite an odd thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's the like, Talisman Kingdom Hearts. I feel like I'm like the only person on the planet who hasn't played Kingdom no, Hearts. No, I've not either. Oh, it's okay, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts either, so so we're probably oh, thank we God. probably the last four though. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh we can we can be the grumpy old men talking about how back in my day JRPGs were two dimensional and it didn't yeah. involve bloody Disney. Yeah. I, 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 never I, appeared I, I, in the Final same Fantasy screen. Seven and you liked it. <laughs> so i yeah that that was a little unexpected i did see that earlier this week though um right i I mean i mean final fantasy and disney's already a weird mashup yeah why not not again i think kind of going back to you know what we're saying about the the kind of mobile tabletop games that are coming out it's just basically a how can we get kids off screens and, and, yeah. and playing board games and and uh, you know and you know this this is a way to do it. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna be unpopular with a few listeners. Uh, Go on. But I, I assure those people they are looking at Talisman through rose tinted glasses. Oh. I've played that game a few times now and. It is not as good as people make it out to be. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not a fan myself. Yeah, you're you're right on that. I mean, I've I've played it once or twice, and it's you know it's good, but it's certainly I think fifty uh, percent of it's fifty percent of fond memories is nostalgia. I I I think it's uh, it's aged poorly. Yeah. basically. Yeah. It, it, you can tell it was like designed in the 1980s. I seem to remember like, the only actual decision you have to make as a player is: do you go left or do you go right? That's yeah. basically it. Yeah. And sometimes games are quite games like that are quite fun. We both love uh, Tales of Arabian Nights. Yeah, right. There's a lot of random in that, but, but... that's more storytelling. Yeah, like, and just the daft things that can happen in that game. Whereas Talisman just feels like hours and hours and hours of stuff happening to you. Uh, uh yeah, I, I. Some people love it, and it has definitely has a place in history, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not denying that, but I think from a modern perspective, it do, it has not aged as well as some people would have you believe. It, it's a bit like the uh, the Beatles analogy that we. Well, we, hold on, right? Oh, hold on, no, this is hold on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Right, no, I'm going ahead with this. Stop waving your hand at me, right? So the. Whether or not you like the Beatles, you cannot deny their importance in music. No. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they they wrote some weird stuff, but they also wrote some good stuff. 
but the the legacy of the Beatles, whether or not you like it, is just the influence that they Aye. had on music. Um, and some some people have come along who are you know you could argue are better than the Beatles, and I think the same applies for for any art. It applies to to games as well. Yeah, of course. There are games like uh, like Catan, Talisman. There there are games that exist that do very similar things and do it a lot better and in a more polished way than those do. But they will always have that important place in history where if these games didn't exist, you wouldn't have... Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I will will allow that comparison. Yeah. That's true. However, you'll probably be disappointed that that none of these games, nor the Beatles, will be at Glasgow Games again. Aye. Uh, And I was just going to say, just before we sign off, uh, just remind our listeners, uh, when is Glasgow Games Gathering happening and where can they find out more information about it? It is on the Saturday, the 29th of June at Bella Houston Sports Centre in the west of Glasgow. Yeah, west of Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And you can find out more about it. You can find us on Facebook under G3 Gamers. Um, we're on Twitter as at Glasgow G3, and the website is g3gamers.co.uk, and you can so grab any of us. Yeah, grab any of us there. There. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, Andy and Andy, thank you very much for for coming on. Are we going to have? Uh, we, we we said before the recording, it may. We, we feel like you could be like the two Ronnies of uh, <laughs> of. Uh, Miniatures gaming, yeah. so sadly, I'm about the right shape for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, we'll we'll obviously post links in the show notes, and uh, if uh, any for any, we, further... we will be at Glasgow Games. We Gathering. will be there. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so. You know, it would be it would be great to see you along. Um... Come beat me at Warhammer Underworlds. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for coming on, guys. And thank you very much for listening back home. Uh, Until next time, take care. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.